Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thursday, September 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians uh, suffered another another tough loss, another strange loss uh, last night against the Royals, three uh, nothing in a game that, by all accounts, should have been no more than one nothing. But still, the nothing part is the troubling part, Hoynes. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, 19 games where they scored two or fewer runs. That's 44% of the games they played. And they are 5-14 and 14 in those games. And, you know, you, you know, every team has an Achilles heel. And if the Indians, you know, the Indians should, you know, by all accounts should get into the postseason. But if you get into the postseason, you got to score runs. I mean, you got to score runs to get to the postseason first. And when you get there, you, you got to score to win. And, you know, if, if, if the Indians get, get – if they do get – to the postseason and get knocked out early, offense is going to be the reason. It's got to be. And it's not like they didn't have opportunities. They not like they didn't have runners on base and chances to score. Uh, fifth inning last night, they loaded the bases with their their two three. Uh, I'm sorry, their three and four hitters uh, coming to the plate. Uh, what were your thoughts on what happened in that um, fifth inning and their their best chance to score of the night? Yeah, it was. Um... An interesting, interesting strategy. I did not ask Sandy Alomar what ha- uh, if if uh, Cesar Hernandez was bonding on his own or not. But you know, uh, Roberto Perez walks, DeShield singles to start the inning. So you got you know first and second. Hernandez bunts to advance the runners. Then uh, you know with first base open, uh, Danny Duffy doesn't want him to pitch to a Ramirez, so he walks him. Uh, you know walk you know an unintentional intentional walk four straight balls. And then uh, he goes to work against Lindor and Santana. I mean, you know, you know, Lindor takes takes one pitch, and then you know he hits a weak fly ball to uh, center field, and uh, Santana gets behind it in the count and strikes out, and that's it. That was really their only chance. And 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 I don't mind <clears throat> Lindor being aggressive and trying to jump on Duffy if he, if he got his pitch in, in that situation, but that's really a symptom that we've seen out of Lindor all season long is that he's, he's swinging aggressively too early in a count, not sort of getting deep in counts and seeing more pitches and, and really finding his pitch and getting his pitch. And when he does get it, you know, hitting it instead of popping out and grounding out. I, uh, Lindor in the third hole has been the disaster of this entire season. 
yeah, it has not worked out like uh, they thought it would. Um, and I don't, you know, it's so late in the year now. Do you change it? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Hernandez has done a nice job in the leadoff spot, but is he, but is he a Francisco Lindor? No, he's not a Lindor in the leadoff spot. He's a solid big league player, but I don't know. Do you move? It, it, it just seems, you know, they've stuck with those four guys at the top of the lineup for the, for the entire run here. And, uh, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm betwixt and between on this thing. I you know, but, but I think, first of all, I think Lindor's tired. I think he needs a break. I think he, he needs a day here because he's making mental mistakes. You know, we thought, you know, he was coming around. He's, he's hitting well in September. Uh, you know, he, he's swinging a bad better, I should say in September, but you know, the mental, the base running mistake two nights ago at second base, which is something you never see him make. Right. Just his, and, and uh, you know, he made, it's just, you know, the, there was a shaky play for Santana that cost him a run where he flipped the ball, kind of short hopped the ball to Santana at first. So he looks tired to me. I think you could say that of all four of the switch hitters at the top of the lineup, uh, Ramirez with the thumb injury that's, that's you know, has, has him up and down lately. Uh, even Hernandez booted a ball uh, the other night that was a, a ground ball that was not a not a tough play. It, it led to another opportunity for for the Royals uh, and Santana. You know he can he can always use a day off. I think I think uh, back in spring training or in in summer training camp, uh, Tito tried to to rotate the DH through and give each each one of those guys a, a day off. I think that might be a strategy that that could, could benefit these guys, uh, even it, keeping their, their bat in the lineup against uh, Minnesota this weekend. Um, I also think, hey, you know, you've got enough guys on the bench. You've got uh, uh, enough that you can move things around and, and maybe just try and give multiple guys uh, a day off. You know, put Mike Freeman in. Uh, put players in that, that can – you know, just take some of the burden off of these guys, you know, start Josh Naylor at first and Mike Freeman at short and see what happens. Uh, that it, it's not the, the worst idea. Yeah. I think <clears throat> they've got an off day on Monday coming up. That'll help. But uh, it would be nice to, uh, to assert, you know, just, yeah, like, you know, go to the bench maybe, but it, it's, it's weird, Joe. I mean, they've got 17 games left here. You know, they haven't guaranteed anything yet. And, you know, now you can see what the wheels turning with the front office. Do we give these guys a day off now or can, do we have to clinch first and then rest them? But, you know, you might not clinch to the last day of the season. Well, and part of it is, you know, saying, hey, look, we're, we're the front office. We're the manager. You know, you're, you're sitting for a day. It's, take, we're not taking no for an answer here. It's tough to tell Francisco Lindor you're taking the day off. It's impossible to tell Jose Ramirez and, and um, Carlos Santana that you're taking a day off. But if you, you, if you look back, every time Francisco Lindor has a day off where he's off his feet and he's down for an entire day, he comes back and, and just tears the cover off the ball the next couple of days. So it's, you could go to him with statistics and say, look, you're a better player after you get a day's rest like that. I, I think that's a, uh, as long as you you reason with them, I think you're you're going to have the ability to 
to get him off his feet for a day. Yeah, and the stuff that's what they tried to do last night with Ramirez, I thought was crazy. I mean, he's got a bruised left hand. So as long as long as he uh if if there's a left hander on the mound, he can he can swing a right handed. They say it's not gonna hurt his hand. But as soon as 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 a, a right-hander comes into the game, <laughs> he comes out of the game, and you and you go with uh, Mike Freeman. I, I, whether the guy's either hurt or he's not hurt, you know, just just tell Ramirez, okay, soak your hand in ice for two days, and let's see what what happens after that. But but you know as well as I do, uh, there's something with uh, players from the Dominican Republic. They they refuse to come out of the lineup. They want to play every day. That's that's just something that that they were raised on. Essentially, is play every day, be in the lineup every day, and that's what you know. It's the same conversation with Ramirez and Carlos Santana. Yeah, I, and I understand that, and uh, but I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, Yu Chang. What Yu Chang? All he did was gather dust on his team. Did he? <laughs> I mean, he got like two at bats. He was up for you know, like. Uh, like half the season, then. right? And just you know, I mean, if you're going to have a bench, you might as well use it once in a while, right? And you know, this year with the expanded rosters, it, it does give you opportunities. But you know, they've they've since sent Yu Chang down, and and now what do you have in terms of your only your only bench player right now is Mike Freeman. Yeah, Freeman, right? And and like you said, maybe Naylor can play first base, but and then but I like your idea about the DH, and then maybe. If you feel like it, you could take, you know, run Ramirez out in right field, maybe. I mean, not uh, Franmel Reyes out in right field. I don't know. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Put Franmel out there in right field where he hasn't played <laughs> since uh, summer training camp. And apparently the the sprinkler heads are running wild out there in right field as well. Yeah, yeah. As, well, yeah. Sprinkler head? Was that was that where that ball hit? Is are, are you buying that or is it just a, you know, just funny spin on the ball? Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, you know, Sandy said it, it, he thought it would hit a sprinkler head or or something, but it just, that was a weird, that was just a weird hop. I, yeah, it I, ate Naylor up. I mean, uh, Naquin yeah. had no chance. I mean, he kind of skidded to a halt and that yeah, fell. Yeah. And, if, you're, if you're not familiar, the uh, the ball uh, that was hit out there, I, I, I can't, I, was it Oliveris that hit the ball? Yeah, Oliveris. Yeah, in the and, and that, that, that's a treat because that guy runs like the wind, so it was almost an in, inside the park home run uh, when the ball hit the, the sprinkler head in the eighth inning and, and scooted past uh, Tyler Naquin for a, a triple. Uh, we did ask the subtexters, uh, our subscribers here, to give us their thoughts on how the Indians handled that, that fifth inning situation uh, with uh, bunting. And Lord knows when you ask our readers or subscribers anything about bunting, uh, the the opinions are many and very strong. So let's uh, let's go through a couple of these responses uh, about whether or not the Indians should have bunted with uh, Cesar Hernandez, who's their their best hitter with runners in scoring position, and also um, one of their best bunters. And also, yeah, you're right. And so you, you kind of understand it. But uh, Megan from Powell says, uh, no, he shouldn't have bunted. No, 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 no. So just. <laughs> Every time you, you get into the uh, the bunting, the, uh, the the opinions are strong. Um, let's see. This shows you how other teams value Lindor and Santana in the clutch. Should not have bunted, but with our terrible defense, needed all the runs we could get. Uh, 
this guy says, yes, your two, three, and four hitters have to be able to be, be productive and get that run home. Even Ramirez's walk was problematic in my view. So apparently now this guy says, if, you, uh, if, if you're up at the plate and they don't throw you a strike, that's your problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was Danny Duffy did not want to face Ramirez. I mean, right there, it, it's pretty obvious when there's an unintentional intentional walk going on. So, uh, I think it was one zero at the time, and he was trying to advance the runners with the best part of the lineup behind him. Uh, Kurt in Rochester runs are so hard to come by that small ball is okay with the three and four hitters coming up. So I agree with the move. Chance for a big inning, go for it. So there's the the more conventional baseball wisdom, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, coming through from Kurt. Uh, <laughs> should Hernandez have bunted? Heck no. So there's there's one, uh, and this guy agrees with you that uh, one more Jose Jose Ramirez should not have played and been benched to rest his thumb. Uh, finally, our, our our last commenter says, uh, hard to second guess. It was a sad result. Sad result. That should be the uh, should be on a T-shirt for the Indians' offense for the uh, the entire season. Just call it the sad result. But uh, those are some of the thoughts of our subscribers here uh, on Subtext. Cleveland.com/slash/subtext. Sign up. As we get closer to the playoffs, you're going to want uh, to be uh, part of Subtext and getting everything that we know ahead of time before it's in print, before it's uh, on Cleveland.com. It's sent out to our subtexters, and they also had the opportunity to uh, log in and respond and have conversations with us on text, uh, me and Hoinsey, throughout the season. So, cleveland.com slash subtext if you're subscribing. Hoinsey, uh, speaking of the playoffs, as we get closer to that, uh, the basically the uh, uh, baseball has, has sort of released but not released plans. Uh, we, we, we sort of know what a – Major League Baseball bubble format for the playoffs is going to look like. The, uh, the bubble got uh, a lot of positive reviews and has been very successful with the NBA and the NHL uh, quarantining their players to make sure they get through their postseasons. Uh, that's a, a, a format that Major League Baseball is going to copy and sort of use in uh, a couple of different places. It was announced – or not announced, it, it's uh, reported – that um, the American League will play their games uh, after the first round games, which will be at the home home parks of the teams uh, uh, in in the, the top four seeds in each league. Um, the division round and the league championship series and World Series will all be at neutral sites. Uh, the American League will play at Petco and Dodger Stadiums in Southern California. And the National League will play at Globe Life Field and um, Minute Maid Park. The League Championship Series will take place at Petco and Globe Life. And then Globe Life will host the World Series this year. So uh, that's the goal. Get to Texas this year. Uh, Arlington's going to host the, the World Series at Globe Life Field, uh, their brand-new ballpark. And uh, uh, that's where the Indians want to wind up. Yeah, that'll be cool, Joe. I think uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I would have, it would have been, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's a hard for me to get wrap my head around. So at Petco Park, the American League is going to be in Petco for the division series? For it, Petco Park for the division series and Dodger Stadium for the division series. So okay, and then, there, there's two division series going on at the same time. 
Petco and Dodger Stadium will host those. And then the winners of those series will play at Petco in the American League Championship Series. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, I mean, San Diego's not bad this time of year, so that would, that would be nice. No, it would be nice. You, could, you also cut down on, you know, the need for travel days. You might have to build in, like, one or two off days uh, for each championship series, but, you know, in order to, to make the pitching work. But, uh, you know, you're looking at all the players from both teams being quarantined in a nearby hotel. Uh, the, the, the detail that's, that needs to be worked out right now is that uh, families of these players are, are sort of, they're trying to figure out, uh, are they going to isolate for a week before they can join them at the hotel? Or are they just going to be in the park as guests of the league and, and not be able to have contact with the players? Uh, that's the situation. It's the same in the NBA and the NHL. Uh, the Major League Baseball is sort of pushing for that but the players union is, is pushing back on it. So we'll see what the eventual form of what the, you know, the family access is going to be. But right now that's the only sticking point because you're talking about $787 million worth of television contract money uh, that the, the league and the owners are not going to pass up uh, by having to shut down the, the playoffs because of coronavirus. Yeah, that's the worst thing that could happen with it would be an outbreak during the postseason. Um, and wh what about fans, Joe? Will, uh, has there been any talk about that? I've got to imagine that if uh, there have been no specifics reported about fan access to, the, to these games at all. But I've got to imagine that if you're, you're making accommodations for some of these families, play, uh, these players' families, uh, that those are going to be like upper deck seats and you're going to have to be spread out. I can't imagine you're going to have more than five to 10,000, you know, people being able to be in the park at all because they're going to have to be spread out. Uh, and, you know, guests of major league baseball will also, you know, sort of be involved in that way. I, I can't see just average Joe fan being able to get a ticket and be at that game. Yeah. They're not going to take a chance. I don't think, I mean, you're going to have and, to, everybody's going to be wearing masks and everything else. I, if you're going to go to the problem of the trouble of having a bubble, you got to keep the bubble secure. I think. Right. And, and that, that's going to go for media as well. Who knows what the media access is going to be like. Could you imagine if the Indians advance to the, to the league championship series, even, you know, not being able to have access at, at Petco park as a, as a reporter, as a guy that's covered the Indians for 38 years. Yeah, that would uh, that would be interesting. But this is—it's been an interesting year, Joe. It's, it's yeah. we've we've learned to adjust and adapt. So, well, but, hey, yeah, that, that back in weird. back in March and April when they were talking about having uh, the entire season in a bubble in uh, in Arizona, I was I was prepared to spend two months in Arizona if I had to, uh, you know, covering the team. So it it wouldn't be you know out of the realm of possibilities, but it still wouldn't be. Uh, you know, well, something that a lot of people would look forward to. Well, the NHL and the NBA have reporters in the bubble, right? Right, and they are not allowed to leave the bubble. That's yeah. That's yeah. it. You go to your hotel room, you you order order in, and you go to the the games, and that's the only way you have access to the to the players. Now, if I were a reporter in the bubble, would I have the ability to interview players face to face now? It, because I've I've tested negative. I'm I'm yeah. you know sticking to all those protocols, would, would that change the, the level of access or, or would we still 
be forced to do everything via Zoom call like we have this year. So uh, who knows what the what the changes could be, but that might be the only benefit of you know having this the situation in a playoff bubble would be greater access for reporters. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't imagine well, them telling Ken Rosenthal, no, you're, you won't have any access to the reporters or to the players uh, as, as some of these national guys would. I, I, and if that's the case, then the, the local guys got to have access too. Right, exactly. Again, these are decisions that will be made by people who make way more money than I do. So. And so I'm sure the Indians are hoping to address those problems. That means they, they've advanced deep into the postseason. So. But with this offense, I don't know, Joe. <laughs> it won't be very long. <laughs> yeah. I got, you know, I, I feel bad for Carrasco. Carrasco, that was his best start of the night, you know, the season. And, you know, he was, he, you know, seven or seven innings, the deepest he's gone, six strikeouts, seven hits, one run. And, you know, he, he got no help, no help from his offense. He's got to wear that Clemente jersey uh, more often, I think. Uh, maybe it was the number 21 on his back that, that that helped him uh, get deep into that game, uh, a little bit of inspiration time. But, uh, yeah. All right, well, Hoinsey, uh one more game on this homestand before the Indians take off for probably one of the biggest series of the year uh, against the Twins in Minnesota. Uh, we will look forward to uh, your coverage of the game tonight and be ready to preview the big series tomorrow. Yeah, Aaron Savali goes against Brady Singer, and uh, Singer made his – Big league debut, uh, I think, in the second game of the season, Joe. Maybe second or third game of the season against the Indians for uh, for Kansas City, and that seems like two years ago, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it was was forever ago the last time we saw Brady Singer. So, all right, we'll uh, we'll check back with you on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast tomorrow.